Hi, I'm Richie Mackay. And I'm Davey Bolt, and you are listening to The Wrong Bias Podcast. And on show 43, we discussed the Bulls England National Championships. We briefly touch on some Channel 4 exposure for the sport. We ask the question, will the state of the outdoor greens drive more bowlers to play indoors all year round? The rickshaw's been out and we've been out on the road covering the PBA qualifiers. As always, thanks to our sponsors XX20 and Link to Succeed. And welcome everybody to another Wrong Bias podcast. It's show number 43. <sighs> start again, start again. Cut. Right. And welcome everybody to another Wrong Bias podcast. It is our 43rd podcast and the official wedding anniversary gemstone is the opal. So opal, opal fruits all around, mate. Them. The modern gift. Well, that theme apparently is travel. Opal fruits and holiday. Happy days. Yeah. What walk? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Anyway, <laughs> we have been out and about. Uh, we've been covering the PBAs, which we're going to review later in the show. A quick update on your foot, mate. Because did, did you do your foot in our last one? I think we did, didn't we? Because there's casualty music. I am sure you put a put. I think I think you put the picture on it all, didn't you? You did, yes. It's a good oh, job because I've I've never mentioned it. Like I never no, I never talk about it. No, I never I'm, mentioned I never mentioned it once on that stream, and that was it. I'm a bit like Uncle Albert. I never ever talk about the war. Never talk about it. Keep it quiet. Keep it quiet. Anyway, it's our first indoor podcast of the season. A quick look back on the outdoor would be your old club, Silks with Pumas, mate, winning the double fours. You've been delighted. Amazing. Hi, amazing for the lads. Really, really happy for them. Obviously, a bit of double-edged sword for me. I'd have loved to have been involved. I had to drop out before the last 16, I think. That was the last 16 against Nafferton, wasn't it? Nothing, I think, yeah. So brilliant. I mean, quite a young team, really. Got a, young, a lot of young lads in the team, and a lot of them really stepped up. I mean, the whole the whole team played well. And one of those years, they, they won the last four games, literally on the last ball of every game, yeah, by one it, shot in every game. I, I think that's it's quite remarkable. I don't think there'll be any other one that have done that. Won the last four rounds by a combined total of four shots, mate. It's what we, you know, we talk a lot. People say it's quality of the bowler should always win the game, but sometimes she is. Got to have that little bit of luck and all, like, and sort of God was smiling with the <laughs> with the lads this year to, to get over the line. But mind you, a little time, bird, a little young... bird, a little bird told us that your gear management boot might have went up in flames there. That last end in the final, I could just, I could hear you whipping through that pages. Well, obviously, I mean, I, I did the wrong thing straight away, didn't I? I went well, with the four up, just got to control this now, ball for ball, ball for ball, shelling them all over the way. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were saying, yeah. have you not read page 52? I was saying, we'll get it with this one. We'll get it with this one. We'll get it with this one. <laughs> Eight times I said, they'll get it with this one. And then luckily, they missed the big one. On the, uh, there was there was quite a big draw to, to take it to a tie break. And, was uh, Sorry, not a tie break. I take it to an um, extra end. And uh, unusually, I'll not I'll not mention his name, but I would have I would have put my house on him, playing the ball and pulled up short. And I, like I say, I think I think God was smiling for the lads yeah, this year. Yeah, that was great. Great for it's great for northeast bowls. Was, uh, was was tremendous, mate. And I did tip you after you turned us over in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, wasn't by one. I think it was by about twenty-one. <laughs> I remember that day well. Me, oh. me top, me top was about three stone heavier because I didn't have a jacket. <laughs> it absolutely, absolutely bounced it, mate, it, didn't it down, it? didn't it? We uh, played the trial ends, dry as a bone, first ball. <laughs> Absolutely, rocked, rocked. And for those interested, in Mr. Bolt's blog, he's got another blog coming out. He touches a little bit on uh, the live streaming and the issues that Bolt's have with live streaming. Uh, he missing the key moment. 
for me, the live stream is Catch-22. You stream it, and this, you don't get your spectators through the door. But if you don't stream, then you criticise for not giving the sport exposure, mate, aren't you, really? Yeah, you're accommodating to markets, aren't you? There's, there's a lot of people who like to be there and watch the live balls itself. Uh, there's other people who like to just sit in the house and... And watch it, and for all it doesn't look great on on the stream or on TV, whatever that might be. As long as you've got all of the people sitting back in the house and watching the balls at the same time, it's, yeah. it's that catch twenty two, like you say, isn't it? It's, nobody's missing out on anything, and the sport's not losing out in any way. It just doesn't look popular when you're watching it on the stream. That's all. But yeah. what was it? Over forty thousand views we had no, on we the kicked, stream. We kicked on 40 k views for the PBA two days that we've done, which is uh, was, you ain't going to get those through it. the door, are you? I mean, well, no, you know what I mean? We do, we do acknowledge that a view on Facebook and what have you is somebody could have just watched it for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, scored up there and, and gone out and done something else and came back later on. That classes of view on Facebook. Now, whether, yeah. whether them figures are really a, a, a true comparison, but you can see how many people are actually watching it live at the time. And I, I think we, we, we kicked on over to 200 at one point, and that was without what we had on, on YouTube. So, yeah. so, all good, mate. All good. Right, mate, here we go. Outdoor season over and done with. Boards England, national finals went off without a hitch. Unfortunately, the, the passing of the Queen did disrupt the uh, a couple of the latter stages, which was unfortunate for the for the competitors at the time because I think some of the competitions were reduced to 15 ends. But, but overall, from looking from afar, it seems as if it went all right. But as always, it seems as if there's been a few problems or people have raised a few issues. Boards International asking for feedback on uh, five things there was. Live stream and coverage, frequency of the live score, a number of qualifiers, admission fee and atmosphere. If we go through them, because there's other bits for Boards England which I won't go through anyway, the, the live streaming, two, two grand a day, we already know. It is what it is, mate, isn't it? Who's going to pay for you? Your, your national finals go on for, what, did they go on for something 20 odd days? So you, you're looking at 40 grand if you were streaming every day. Whereas you've got to get, you've got to find that money from somewhere. The frequency of the live scoring, yes, I think it could be better, but you can only do with the number of volunteers that you've got. Bit of a delay in getting the scores through. It is what it is with the volunteers that they've got. My biggest one is probably going to be the number of qualifiers. I still say it should go back to two each county instead of the one each county. That's my own personal. Has it? Is it? I, I, I don't know if that's going reverting back now. The Commonwealth Games is finished. I haven't, I haven't really looked into that side of things. Well, it, it was only supposed to be there for the it was COVID and then the Commonwealth Games, wasn't it? Uh, where they, they cut the qualifiers in half. Yeah, um, and brought it down to something from 30 days. Bigger counties like Kent, where they've got probably more entries in three counties put together, yeah, give them an extra qualifier. Problem with that. I do, I do too, because I, I do think it encourages more people to come down and it gives more people the experience. But you know my opinion of the two qualifiers. You've got to get to a point where your winners of your counties are two two rounds ahead of everybody else. Yeah, yeah I, I quite agree. Yeah, but I mean, it was a it was a valid point. We've discussed it in one of we'll probably discuss it in a couple of. Uh, podcast before and I, and I quite agree mate you, you shouldn't have a county champion but then again you, a lot of the counties as we've seen don't play the county finals till after Leamington so then you're probably going to have to delegate right you're going to be A you're going to be B and, and that's the way it is whether you win your county final or not so yeah. the admission fee £4 I'm led to believe it was £4 a pound for under 21s it went up to £5 or something for weekends when it was at Worthen, all the money went to the council so the sport saw nothing of it. Leamington, it's been ploughed back into the game. Ah, yeah, you get a bit streaming, higher stands and what have you. Me, personally, I would say two quid. Two quid for the day and a, and a quid half a day. That's just me being tight, I think. Whether you reduce that down by half and is half as many going to come through the gates? Or is it just, it is what it is and people yeah. just aren't coming down to the finals for whatever reason? I mean, I thought... I thought the attendance was pretty good, um, considering the Commonwealth Games had just been on, and the Commonwealth Games was was really well supported, and the stands always looked to be really busy. I just look at two, three years ago, and I think there's been massive progress made with regards the offering of what's there. There's still improvements needed, and there's still a lot more could be done, but at least it's going in the right direction. It's not it's not going backwards. Yeah, personally, think we need a. a a better offering in the tent and I think everything should be directed through the tent so you don't you can't walk around the side of it you literally as you come through the entrance you should literally have no other place to go through the, through the tent, tent which then will assist any retailers who want to pay the money to be in there so at least they know they're going to get traffic the footfall, having a yeah. look at the kit yeah. I think there was only there was only one retailer there this year which 
isn't great because it do, it's, it's nice because it's convenience for somebody if they want anything. But I think you need two or three in there to create a little bit of competition so you can try and get a, a nice bargain, whatever. I think Worthen used to have um, four or five, didn't they? Used to be, did I? That a, a few good number down there. Did and I, and I don't know why. Um, again, cost cost comes into it. I've got no doubt. I remember when I when I had the shop, there was a there was a certain cost that you had to have to put a pitch up in there, and it was a bit of money to to recoup before you'd even start to sell anything. So I'm sure, like I say, I, I, I'm 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 a big believer in. I like to wait and see what the progress is year by year, and I know everybody wants things to happen now, but Sometimes it can't, and oh, you've no, got to understand no. the bigger picture of things. And there's things happening behind the scenes that don't allow you to do certain yeah. things. And I'm sure, you know, some of the food stalls and the coffee stalls and things like that. Hopefully, they're given the opportunity to provide some feedback and turn around and say, you know, it's, I'd be so much better if we were situated Aye. here or there because it gives us an opportunity to attract more sort of um, audience or whatever that is. But yeah, t- time will tell. But for me, from what I saw, generally, generally pretty good. The entrance fee, people don't want to pay it, they don't go in. Simple as that, really, isn't it? Do, do you think if they um, if they did revert back to two qualifiers, you obviously have double your, double your number of players, so you, you, you know yourself, you get knocked out, you'll you stop down for a day, you maybe stop down for two days for what you've booked up. So you are going to get more footfall coming through, so by having a lower admission fee, you might balance it out. Then you throw into the, the mix the fact that there's more people down there, which then restricts green time, which then causes more clashes which is a big bugbear of a lot of people. So it's like that catch-22 situation, isn't it? Aye. It's like you either have a championship that goes on for 30 days, which is a, a long, old chunk of time to, to run those things. And then you make sure that nothing clashes with anything and everybody gets to play on what they want to play on, which is the way it should be. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't think they're doing it on purpose. It's just they've got to put it in somehow. So I think they're doing a decent job, like myself personally. But uh... yeah, I mean, I, I, I hate the fact of thinking that somebody's qualified all season to get down to a particular tournament and, kind of and then it. can't play in it. Because no, you've got, you've got to choose. Else. You've got to choose. I, I think team wise, there's possibly you, you get a little bit leeway for team wise because you, you, you've got to you generally run on a squad, don't you? For all you want you your do. strongest squad on, I think individual events like pairs, triples and fours, then I think they should be able to play in if they've qualified more than one and, and not have to choose, well, well, I've got to play and I've got to get a sub here type of thing. That. To be fair to Bowles England, they are very, very strict throughout the season on the basis of there is no illegal dates that you can offer for a top club or a double fours or whatever it is because you know, it's a team event and you've got to utilise everybody who's available for a particular time. So there's yeah. never a case of you can't offer that because it's a Middleton theatre. You can't offer that because hopefully a lot of clubs understand that players will be missing or whatever and try to accommodate yeah. but there's nothing turning around and stopping you from saying that's the date I don't care whether you've got 10 players missing that's what it's for it's a, no. it's a club event it's a team event so if that happens down there then it's no different to what it is in the early rounds there's uh, one thing that would be interesting if there's anybody from Boards England listens to the podcast it would just be interesting if we could find out what gate receipts actually get for the championship so people are aware well this this is the income that comes in this and this pays for the live stream and I think if, if you don't disclose well we get 20, 20 grand in gate receipts or whatever yeah then people are more likely to take on board oh well I can understand why you only get streaming for two days or three days because it's costing you six grand to um, to do it but yeah it'll be interesting to see if they've ever done that anyway onto the green I have to big pat on the back for Ed Morris mate taking the singles yeah especially after missing out in the Commonwealth Games I think that must have been a, a kick in the nads missing that out and he could have quite easily took his toys home and went away but uh, obviously he's not built like that and he's come on and won his second singles title Definitely, he's just a he's just a great player, and there'll always be arguments for and against as to as to who who gets into teams. But there is only five spots to pick from the country, and people will always justify he should be in because he's won all of this. But then other people will argue about the fact that he should be in because potentially people psychologically think Christ, we've got a game on here before they've even walked on because of the caliber of the player that's playing on there. And selectors will always get criticism, and you can only do what you do and, and pick what you think's right. Ed's come. Back and the only thing you can ever do is prove that should have been my spot. 
And from his point of view, he's got Australia coming up in four years' time, and he started he started his four year cycle off on a on a, a top note. Continues that for the next two or three years, then for me, I've got no doubt he's going to be kicking there or thereabouts again, if, if not a solid base in the team. Yeah, great uh, for him. And well done to Mister Tolshot again. He keeps winning, mate. Two ball. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I, I, I phoned him, you know, because I knew he'd be I knew he'd be disappointed after the Commonwealth Games. Um, I mean, the the goals obviously eluding him. He's and and I knew he'd be disappointed, and I, and I phoned him, and, and he and he was. And he, and he said he was and all he doesn't mind is obviously saying he was. He took a bit of time out and he didn't want to look at another ball and he was like I've got to, I'm only there in the two ball I've got to go up there and I, I won't have played for a while and I says well I'll still have me 50 pence on you he says well you're chucking your 50 pence away I went whatever we'll, we'll see <laughs> So then he go, then he walks up there, he racks in the two ball national title again. I sent him a message and says, Aye, whatever. I says, uh, me fifty pence was safe. And um he's just a class player, man. You know my opinion of him. He's he's just an absolute tremendous player. And there was no there's nobody would have loved more than for me to watch him get that gold. He's I sort of look at him and he's a bit like Jimmy White. <laughs> close <laughs> close to it. He's got the ability, but it's just not quite balling in place like but um He'd, he'd, no, probably, great, great stuff. he'd probably play worse and, and win win one, mate. Oh, yeah, or, or, he'd get a, or he'd get a wick off one six foot wide or something. And, <laughs> and he played for. Nominated. Boldly, I nominated that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, there is apparently going to be a review into the national championships. I've heard, I've read somewhere that uh, John Cockcroft has said that there will be a review undertaken some of the main gripes the Sutton Winson tournament for under 16s that never took place so I think there were a few people put out with that obviously a number of qualifications this one's I'm, I'm scratching my head I'm scratching my head as we, as we speak here the new regional finals getting a lot of criticism because the, a lot of people say oh, it's an extra travel and it's it's sort of like it's an extra round that they didn't expect to play but the new regional finals only came about from feedback from all the counties so are the counties not talking to the players are the players not talking to the counties who don't want the regional finals they want to qualify down to the last 32 which I think was the last 16 now, so there was an extra round. For instance, I think one of the qualifier rounds, the mixed fours, there was a Nottingham squad that travelled up to Blackhall. They weren't happy about coming up. My response to them was, well, if it was the other way around, anybody from Durham would have to go down to Nottingham to play the regional final down there. So A lot of people forget that Bowles England is made up of the counties. The counties are the ones that make the decisions within Bowles England. It's not always the top that make those decisions, and people need to remember that. And, and these a lot of the things that happen generally come from democracy, from, from the counties across the country. Right, it's uh, rolling into October, and the PBAs, the qualifiers are with us. If you've seen any of our live streaming, we were up at Stanley for two days, live streaming the Scottish and the World Open singles qualifiers. It was two cracking days. Congratulations to Jack Bird on the, on the Saturday, which was the Scottish one. I thought he was uh, he was tremendous, mate. I think he played the ball of the day against you in the tie break when you were lying the three. But also congratulations to you, mate. Hop, hop along. Rusty Bolt, apparently, now, with that screw in his foot. Hi, Rusty. My new on, nickname. Yeah, on qualifying for the World Singles again, mate. You repeated last year's feat. You must have been um, absolutely delighted, mate, the way it went. I was, and like I said, I haven't mentioned it much, but obviously with my foot. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, it was just a weird scenario, and you'll remember this yourself because Saturday played, and obviously played Jack in that semi final. And, and to be fair, played Gary Farquhar in the quarter final again before that. And, and I was just starting to get sort of to the end of my tether as, as far as having not played for eight, nine weeks. Obviously, my muscles and everything were aching that year. It's, it's like that Christmas period, isn't it? You, you have two weeks off over Christmas, Aye. and you go back and play a league game, and you're aching the next year. Gary was the better player on on that quarter final on the Saturday and I managed to get a good start and then nick him in the tie break Jack was the better player but I managed to nick a set and again could have had the probably played my best end in the tie breaker and like I say that ball he played he played an absolute smoker and then I missed on the second end I think it was by about two inches trying to draw the shot cracking final I thought against him and Mark I'd said to you on the Sunday morning I, I genuinely thought I was going to wake up and I thought I'm definitely. I was. I was joking, and I was going to need a wheelchair. And I, I genuinely thought somebody's going to have to push me up this green because I was shot at Saturday night. And woke up Sunday. And I know when I turned up at eight o'clockish or whatever it was, and I'd said to you, didn't I? I says, don't know why. I says, but I, I feel pretty good. And then played some played some really good stuff all day. To be fair, I think the semi final after we had the minute silence, I lost lost a bit of 
pace or whatever it was and was a bit scratchy in that game but thankfully saved me best for the final and, and played some played some good stuff and as long as I kept moving on that day I was all right yeah as soon as I stopped I mean that minute silence I was crying I was like please <laughs> this this minute felt like it genuinely felt like about 20 minutes I, was, I felt me hamstrings tightening up I felt the calves tightening up I was like, I can't start, I can't start jogging on the spot eh, when I'm blooming having a minute silence for the Queen. So <laughs> um, well, that was a, it was a welcome relief once, uh, once that was done. But um, full credit to Josh Halkrow as well. I mean, Josh, who I played in the final, young lad, 24 year old, he's come on leaps and bounds over the last few years. Touching back to Leamington, where he, he played really well for the national double fours win as well. Big future for Josh, I think. Yeah, I, I thought it was nice because the same as if there was a. Quite a few new faces. It, it um, took the punt, paying the paying the money and having a crack at it. Definitely, um, um, and quite a, quite a few regular faces that potentially weren't there as well. So whether it was clashing with something or whatever, but yeah, there was a few that are going to be at Carlisle that weren't at Stanley. Yeah. Uh, whether it was the time of the season because it was pretty much the first of the indoors, which we mentioned, and you could see people were still a little bit scratchy at times coming from outdoors. Um, but I, it's I think the. The qualifiers are in absolute rude health. Looking across it, and everybody seemed to enjoy it. I well, was, I think the PBAs uh, are back to where they were a few years ago now, aren't they? Because you've got more events, uh, more chances, and what have you. And it's got to be full credit to the whole of the PBA team. Um, I personally, Richie, think the PBAs are in the best position they've ever ever been because you're not restricted to just playing in one now. So you don't just play that one game and that's it. Your season's over if you don't qualify. If you're prepared to pay the money and you're prepared to do the travel, you can go in as many as you want, which gives you multiple opportunities. And there's quite a few people doing that and there just seems to be a new found little bit of a buzz about the qualifiers again and I think we talked about the team behind it and obviously Jason the tournament director and the team behind him to be creating the opportunities that they are now for the ranking tournaments with with the potential for more to come can only be a good thing really really good thing and it's that little stepping stone I think isn't it between people will go down the the national route where you can win a national title but this is your opportunity to take your chance and potentially get onto the TV yeah and anybody can do it. Um, now, as everybody will know, uh, we did stream both events in our own laid-back style, which is some people like it, some people don't, but hey, that's the way I like to do it. There was a good highlight while you were on the green, mate. Mr. Parkinson was our co-commentator with us, and, you know, the two of us, when you're buzzing, we nailed this intro, <laughs> we're having a bit crack, cracking away for 15 minutes. <laughs> we're great, great. And then I realised I ended the, the live button. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to ourselves. Jason just looked at me. He says, "I'm at that." I'm sure. I'm sure you can be forgiven for a little mistake, mate. You did a fantastic uh, job again, and um, it's it's well received. And like you say, we don't know. I've got no doubt there'll be people out there going, for "God's sake, I wish these two would shut up, boy." Whoever we've got on there, but in the main, we've never seen it yet. I've no, never, I've never seen it, somebody no. come on and say, "I wish you two would just shut up." Just shut up. <laughs> I might type it myself. I wish you would shut up. <laughs> but it's it's the same, and I always say it's the same as what we said from the podcast from the very very first day. You like it, great. You done it, just done it. Listen. Turn it off. Was that it? Right. It's always nice to get a bit of exposure on the telly, mate. I always say any publicity is good publicity, and um, we did get a, a little. 10 15 minute segment on Channel 4's new show called Hobbyman with Alex Brooker and the in between is Joe Thomas yep. and it featured series Yaz Hassan. I thought it came across better than Sky's League of Their Own effort because I thought that was more of a Mickey take when they came on with the, the uniforms on the jackets and the, the flat caps. I thought it was a bit of a Mickey take, but I thought Yaz done a, done a good job. I, I thought it came across well, mate. Yeah, definitely. And- like you say, I agree with you on the on the other one. It was again, it was it was exposure for the sport, but there's it was a little bit of fun around the right. stereotype, which doesn't help us in any shape or form. But yeah, I mean, I mean, me personally, I think I would like to think that off the back of the exploits of the Commonwealth Games and some of the games that were were shown on the on the early morning slots, maybe it is starting to be looked at in a slightly different light by by TV. I don't know. Yeah. What your thoughts are? Fair play to the, the, the two stars of it. They went into it and, and there was no stereotype work from them, was there? There's no old man's marbles and all that malarkey. They, they got in and then seemed to enjoy it. So Yeah, which most people do. Yeah, which most people do once they, they get the famous Mr. Bolt's hook, isn't it? Once you get the hook, that's it. You're into it. 
It was good for the sport, that one. Yeah. Right, mate, here's a one from left field for you. Here's a question for you. Do you think the love of outdoor bowls is starting to be questioned due to the below-par playing surfaces that people are having to play on. And will this lead to more people playing indoors 12 months of the year? Well, I certainly think it's a massive factor now. I think we're contributing to our own downfall in a lot of respects by, I've said it for years, I'm sure I've said it on a podcast before, playing with what we play with. I play with stuff that doesn't do a lot because you're at a disadvantage if you try to play with something that is proper balls outdoors because you're using grass that hasn't been used. Say, I would say comfortably 50-60% of our greens aren't even being touched through a season unless you rotate your green yeah. because you just channel, you're channeling up 6-7-8 inches in, in, a, in a lot of respects on a lot of the greens. You can understand why the councils, the councils are especially with cost of living and cuts and things like that. The council basically will only put bare minimum into it. A lot of clubs are now having to be self-maintained and having got the expertise to be able yeah. to, to get the greens up to the standard they used to be. Do you know if there's courses for, for clubs for green maintenance? Give them advice or there's yeah, I mean Bowls England is part of your affiliation fee. We talk about we talk about affiliation fee all the time. As part of your affiliation fee, there is a greens expert who you can contact and basically as I'm aware will come up with your greens and have a look and do a report on your greens, which I think potentially is is maybe needed. Um but it's like I say it's it's an art form for me. I always remember one of me one of my great mates when I first started playing balls and you'll remember him yourself, Brian Collins used to work for the garden department yeah. and just in his spare time he used to look after Thorny Close Green which was an absolute mitten of a green. And on his dinner time, he used to go down and he used to look after it, but he knew bowling greens like the back of his hand. And he, he turned that green within two seasons from a cabbage patch to something that was really nice to play on. Unfortunately, I just think, unless you've got the money to pay somebody who's got that expertise, you're just relying on council gardeners now. Yeah. And all they want to do is turn out something that, looks nice for people to walk past and go on and I'm part of the, an organisation in Silksworth where I were um, like the Friends of the Park and it's, it's a group of organisations in the village brought it up and they, they give us a bit of a nasty look because I turned around and I says our green is absolutely atrocious and I says yeah. we need something sorted with it they turned around and went green's absolutely perfection I would love a garden like that and I says well that's great if you've got a garden <laughs> but what you need to understand is it's not about what it looks like no. it's, got to, it's got to play well from our point of view we are starting to see a lot of players just turning around and saying, I just, I can't do this anymore. And, and bearing in mind the, the demographic of our sport, which is the higher end age, even fit bowlers are struggling to get the ball three quarters up the green. Man. It's like yeah. heavy as lead. And it's, it's it's sad to see in a lot of respects because it's, it, it is. You might as well just go and chuck them up the park now. Yeah, I mean, some of the some of the images you see on social media of, of uh, the bowling greens, you look and you're going, my giddy aunt, man, I wouldn't plant tieties on it. I mean, I heard comments down at Leamington about oh, the greens are, are tricky as anything, you know, and they are like really nice running yeah. surfaces, really beautifully maintained running surfaces. Outdoor balls has always been tricky. I don't know where people's memories have gone, where they think that years ago, everything you played on was like There's playing indoors with two true yeah. hands. It's never, ever been like that. That's the interesting part of what outdoor balls is all about. It's affected yeah. by the run of the, the way the green is. And just replaced all of the greens. And obviously, this, they're playing very similar to what they used to. But yeah, because that's how the land lies. You can't change that type of thing because all you're doing is just putting the same thing over the way the, the land is. So it's yeah. probably just going to pick up the same quirks. I think people are either just starting to get to the point where they're, they're trying to remember the good old days where they think that the greens were fantastic but they forget about the fact that we all used to play with bigger swinging balls back then yeah. so it was a bit more of an art form we mentioned I think when we were up at um, Stanley about me and Jason I think was talking about the greens in New Zealand where you're watching um, all Cop and Brian playing in the world pairs or something and they were chipping a ball out and they might as well have gone and made themselves a <laughs> cup of coffee and had a Kit Kat and come back and the, the ball had just been coming back to their jack you know uh, so it, it is what it is hopefully uh, again it's all about money into the sport and if it's if it's channeled in the right direction we we'll probably need some sort of a focus on on maintenance of greens and trying to get them up to standard um, in certain areas and I think councils need to come together and listen to the main man from Balls England and get their gardeners on these courses and get a certificate for, for green maintenance or, or whatever it is and get them up to the level but I think unless that happens they're just going to get worse and worse and worse yeah, I think it all comes down to, years, I think it all, come, all comes down to budget made at the end of the year especially council greens I think. Well, you know me and you have been lucky over the years and we can both hold our hands up and say for two council greens Silk Rock and Marine have always over the years been two of the greens you love to go and play on. Even now, we're both complaining about our yeah. own greens. I can't even, I can't stand playing on my own home green now. 
Well, that was just like corrugated iron after what they'd done, but uh, never mind, never mind. Right, Med, uh, just before we wrap up show 43, I've just, we've been on the road, three-day road trip, West Denton and a couple of days in Carlisle. Uh, the West Denton was for the under-25s. Special mention to Nicole Rogers, Med. Oh, she played really, really well, didn't she? Um, I, I was only there half a day because of work, but... Um... I saw her first game and uh, I watched her first set and she struggled. Uh, yeah. She to be beat, but uh, crazy. It's like a machine after that. Like what machine, I heard and what I saw. Yeah. Absolutely tremendous. Outstanding. Um, a couple of quick mentions to Ollie Sloan who got to the final and young Charlie Beaton, mate, who watched, I don't know whether you were there when he, he played Shot of the Day. He shot. I, I saw I saw your uh, your video clip, but I wasn't there to see it in person, but yeah. uh, I was some, some boy. There was a little, there was odd little comment on the live stream about the, the date because it was getting played in school time. I think the proof was in the pudding, mate. Um, both events, because there was one taking place at Frith, which Darren Weir won, and um, the combined entries were twice as many as what they got at Stanley. So proof, proof was in the pudding, I, mate. I mean, it, it's, it's a valid point, and it's and it's something obviously it'll always. The feedback will always be taken, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of the under-25s will not think twice about going representing the country on a Thursday, Friday outdoors and things like that. So yeah. just one of those things. It's... Plus, of course, both the international series were at each event the following day, weren't they? So and, that's, was and that was part of Jason's thinking as well, yeah. I think. It was give give people an opportunity who were going to be playing in that series to go up and actually have a bit of time on the green as well. So it was combined with that. So, yeah. yeah, valid point. Uh, certainly not one with discount but uh, no, kind of please everybody all of the time as you say no. and then we packed up and we went to uh, Carlisle streamed uh, two days at Carlisle the world's on the Saturday Stuart Irwin who was uh, I thought tremendous he's, his game against Martin Corley got out of jail three times but he threw, played three cracking balls didn't he alright the semi-final, wasn't it? Um, no, our, our bum twitching episode in the oh, final. Oh, hey, never mind EastEnders, mate. Dun, 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 dun. Will, will the iPad cut off or will it not? The number of people who, who were ed- on the edge of the seats <laughs> creased. <laughs> was it. If this goes off, I'm in my car. I'm heading to Carlisle to get these two. It's tremendous. Nice to see the messages because we had well over two hundred watching as well. And so it was nice. It was nice that people were obviously up to watch the final. And it was just, in some respects, just it just sort of made the made the, uh, the climax of the final even better. Like because it was. The day. I mean, I mean, for all it finished at quarter to twelve at night, it was sort of like we was. I've never been lathered or stressed out. Well, I say <laughs> that a little bit later, I'll be a little bit lathered and stressed out. But uh, no, that was that was just tremendous, mate. Absolutely tremendous. Was that the day that we you um, came up with the old uh, Walt D- uh, Disney movies? Oh no, I was just about to say it took a little bit longer because Stewie must have been thinking, was that Copper Banks on uh, Mary Poppins? Or <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the following day, mate. Oh, all right. Day. Anyway, right. Following day, twenty four hours later, or or six hours sleep later, it was the Scottish Open. John McCutcheonson. John McCutcheonson, aye. I, I, I got wrong off for spelling his name wrong. I'll tell you what, his first set in the semi-final, I thought was just poetry in motion, mate. He was absolutely fantastic. Well, I was driving back at that point because I think I was down at Lincoln the next day, wasn't I? So yeah. would, um, I, I'd have to miss that. But obviously, signal coming back from Carlisle wasn't good. And obviously, I would never, ever watch a video in the car while oh, I was driving. No, I mean, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. But... Uh, I did see the comments. I mean, John. Obviously, I, I was I was over the moon for John as well because um, he's. I think he's lost the last two world qualifier finals. One, I'm, I'll not mention the one. Not mention the one who he, he beat him. No switch off. Um, but I think he lost against um, Darren Weir. Yeah, he was, he was in that final, was he? Yeah. Um, so he... I, so he got over the line and looking at the comments, they said he was. Outstanding. Oh, so. he, was, he was tremendous. Semi, the first set in the semi-final against Colin Banks, and the, even the final against Trevor. I mean, fair play to Trevor, who's struggled on with a bad back for two days. Uh, he, he to to last to the final day. He just great. He he, he done really well. I mean, off be cap to Trevor, like. But of course, the good news for you, mate. You didn't have to play in the Scottish Open qualify because uh, you, you got the uh, place in the actual event. A weird phone call, actually, because I, obviously I got the call and um, the new ranking list that was set up last year to coincide with all of the, obviously, the new events and everything that had changed with the PBA. 
So it was decided that they needed a whole new revamp and basically went to AGM and it was all put in place. So because of my qualification and a couple of performances and other things last year, I was I was sitting top of the pile. And I, had, I had no idea. Uh, tied with Gary um, on 125 points, I think. But obviously, to separate that, the constitution of it is that it obviously reverts back to, if there's tied points, it reverts back to the World Championships from the previous years. But that's obviously the highest-ranked competition, so they look at whoever's gone the furthest on that. And I would imagine, I, I don't know if it's then, if it's tied on that one as well, it goes to something else. But as it all turned out, it's um, it gave us obviously the, um, the opportunity to replace... South Africa, was it? Yes, South Africa, yeah. South Africa who dropped out, so so I managed to get that spot. But obviously with me sort of involvement with what we do with the podcast and myself and the, the PBA side of things, I was like, oh, for great. I hope this is in black and white because I said I didn't want anybody <laughs> starting to Ball the out! Ball the out! He's getting the old gold envelope here. <laughs> a little bit of a back scratch with the old Mason's handshake. But um, no, like I say, I've, I've, to be fair, I've, I've been part of the PBA for I think since its introduction, and I've I've never I've never you know sort of had a, an opportunity to get into an event without having to qualify. So it's it's a nice 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 thing like and yeah. um, nice you, little nice little easy tie against Stewie Anderson. I mean, yeah, <laughs> up in Scotland, I mean against Stewie Anderson, it's going to be a breeze, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's not going to be a partisan. It's not going to be a partisan crowd at all, is it? I'm going to wear my blue and white and uh, aero top like so I fit in. So I'll be right <laughs> And keep Just... saying, Hoochman, where's my oh, heat? Hoochman, ock, 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 something oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we um, we got the rickshaw out there not so long ago and we headed down to Huntington. Well, you certainly the, did, uh, I didn't. The ladies' world match play qualifier. We thought, I had the choice to go to Hartley Pool and Huntington, driving back at... Uh, 12 o'clock at night, I was thinking, oh, maybe should have went to Hartlepool after the way the deal went. But never mind, never mind. Again, Nicole Rogers, fantastic, mate. Fantastic. It was funny because I was talking to Brian Henderson who'd, um, down at Hartlepool and he'd obviously lost to Nicole and said she was just amazing. He says she absolutely wiped the floor with us. And um, I said, he says, he says, aye, he says, after you put the mockers on us, because I'd, I'd tip Brian, obviously, <laughs> potentially get to the final. Um, the two of them went out pretty sharpish but uh, I says well I'm going to put the mockers on again I says because uh, I says if Nicole plays the way she's played up here she's going to take some beating and then obviously you let us know I hadn't seen it you let us know on the way back when we were having a chat that she's qualified so aye she's um, so she's in three now and she's so playing she's with Nicky three, in the mixed pairs they were in the 25s yeah. and threw in the ladies singles so yeah. you know top top work it's, yeah, uh, it, was, it was it was funny because uh, before they went on Jason sort of like well bef- before the event started Jason mentioned, oh, the winner of this will also go on the mixed pairs. And Chloe Brett was due to go on ring six. And she, he says, oh, the partner will be, will be the partner of Nicky Brett. And I'm not going to have the Chloe. Chloe got, oh, God, really? <laughs> if I didn't say enough of them. God, <laughs> oh, really? Aye, but if, if anybody watched the stream, and well done, because it wasn't a great deal of it. It was horrific. I was, I was stressed to my tether I was with well, that man, honestly, I mean I mean through the laughter and through the tears sitting down in Hartlepool seeing the stress that you were under honestly I, I felt for you I really felt for <laughs> yeah, you yeah right you know what it is that, that the first game uh, Sean was Sean on was playing Nicole actually yeah and started off Gary well Nicole got off to a fly and then the Wi-Fi went <laughs> the only one that was happy that the Wi-Fi went was Sean when I told her <laughs> she says oh so you didn't get that first set I says no just get in <laughs> <laughs> but God, uh, we, I tried absolutely. We had the router on the fire door. It was it done my netherin. And then JP caps it all off yesterday. Oh, I just Bluetooth his bloody uh, BMW parked out the front. So he's got a little bit signal. I'm going, oh, that'll be right. Do you know what it is, mate? I think it just highlights something yet again, which we see a lot on social media. The amount of people who are going, you know, this should be streamed, that should be streamed. Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? I think this needs to, you know, I think people within clubs need to be speaking to the committees of clubs and turning around and saying, what's what's the Wi-Fi thing that we've got here so that we can do this type of thing? Because there is, you know, I, I genuinely, you know, I'm, I'm joking on that. I was I was chuckling on. Said, <laughs> you were, because you kept texting, you kept winning. <laughs> I said, you know what it is? I, said, I, I, I felt for you because it's a long way to go down there to then have the frustration of just not right. being able to do what you want to do. Right. And, Thankfully, I think a lot of people understand it's not a reflection on us because we can only do what we can do, and people have seen what we can do. But 
it's um, right, clubs are, if clubs want this type of thing, then they're going to have to for what it costs. Have to have a serious look at getting a system in place where the yeah. Wi-Fi is strong through the whole club. Like even if they keep that one separate to everything else, uh-huh. let the clubs have a a lower a lower scale Wi-Fi, but keep a Carlisle had that and Stanley, did, Stanley yeah. you've got separate ones as well. Yeah, and of course you were busy uh, while I was getting stressed out. You were down Hartlepool in the Open Pairs qualifier. Well, I wasn't I wasn't getting stressed out, mate, because Hartley was just rolling balls next to the jack all the time. I was just putting blockers in and putting cover in. It was class. But, uh, aye, it was good, mate. I mean, I was I was running the competition as well. I know, I know Paul... When he found out that I was running the competition, I think he was thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be like here, there, and everywhere trying to sort it out." But it absolutely just went to clockwork. Yes, so keeping the results updated on the spreadsheet, which Jason sent across, and and all I tried to do was, luckily, we, we were tending to, we were always tending to get off before the people were coming off, so yeah. I was getting all the scores updated before the next round. And you'll be you'll be amazed at this because I was actually organised enough to have a pile. For every section of cards that I needed for each oh, yeah. time and all. I mean, I mean, bear in mind that my admin is not my strength. Oh. I was, uh, no, I'd absolutely flow through. And then obviously we, um, with the two of us just, just uh, clicked all day and we're, we played some really good stuff. Well, I think it's the first time, two ball. first time Paul's qualified for Potters. He's, he's been in six finals. He's never qualified for Potters. Oh, he's been in six gosh. finals. So it was, uh, there was a, there was a little tear in his eye when we, when we managed to get through, like, which, nice. um, the hardest thing in the world, you know. And I've spoken to a couple of lads who have obviously made finals, and that's once you get over that first one, it makes the next one so much easier because you've been there and you've done it. Yeah. But when you want to, when it's such a big thing to get there, this the pressure that people must be under playing in them games. It was nice, like so. It was t- just nice to get. You know what it is? The, the, the tear in his eye wasn't the fact that he's qualified. The tear in his eye was just joy that I can get into that buffy and all day breakfast and everything. I think that- I think the tear in his eye made him, it must have been when he ran up and gave us a high five and must have stood on his, stood on his toe, I think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there was three stories, three tales from, from me Huntington trip. We managed to get Nicky Brett in um, to come in and do the commentary on the semi-final. Well, I say semi-final, but uh, we sat there, me, Nicky, Jason, commentating away. Now in 70 minutes, 70 was great, fantastic. Gillian, loads of questions in Nicky, loads of good answers. And then I'm looking at the laptop, I'm looking at the iPad, I'm going, I'm sure the words REC supposed to be on their record. <laughs> I had it record. Now, you know, I'm not one, you know, I'm not one to drop you in it, right? No. But oh, bear the... in mind that you did the same thing at Stanley, right? And then followed it up and did the same thing, I believe, at uh, at Carlisle, right? Then now you've done it at Huntington, and then uh, just before we were due to record this podcast, I had asked you, have you pressed record? You hadn't. <laughs> you the scene. Oh, so, uh, you know what? I was sitting there, look, I've got two two minutes left. Should I tell them or not? Should I? I'm, gone, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to let them finish. <laughs> and then, best of it was, the next for the final, we'll start the recording of the final. I see a recording, inverted commas again. <laughs> Because I had it on mute and I yawned up. <laughs> so I had me, me, oh, Jesus. Uh, and the other one was, right, I said, I'll make myself a checklist. So everything I need to do for this live stream and introduce, introduce uh, hit record, hit record, record. Now I need to, to do a checklist to make sure I check the checklist. Checklist. <laughs> I just, I just, just despair, but I'm just getting senile, I think. Hey, dear. Was, well, Mr. Traveling down, traveling down to Lincoln last night. Mr. Hartley thinks I'm a right sad or like because uh, we, we talked about earlier on there. I played the um, I played the commentary from the uh, your mate Anthony Booth Lloyd, also, <laughs> as young against Colin Banks. I played that, and honestly, if if anybody wants a laugh, from thirteen no, from about eleven minutes to thirty minutes, there's nineteen minutes in there. I've I've listened to it five times, like, and and I was saying to Paul, you know, it's. It's strange because um, because we do the commentary and it's like it's not there's no script or anything yeah. like that, and we, we didn't you know we don't necessarily have to to go along the whole let's <laughs> talk about balls line. So a lot of the stuff that I will come out with, and I listen back to it. It's like it's quite new because I just think where on earth does that come from? Oh, no. And I was laughing my head off when you when I turned around and says Colin Banks was that the dad in Mary Poppins and you just went 
what a question that is. Where on earth has that question come? <laughs> and then for about 19 minutes after that, when everybody's joining in and uh, and talking about Disney films and all that, man, honestly, I was I was just laughing my head off again. He thinks I'm sad, like laughing at myself. But, uh, it's just, man, that's what I love about the commentary. Like it's oh, just yeah. it's just fast. That's great. I, I mind you, there is um, now going to be a rule invoked on the commentary box. Jason's not allowed to eat um, his nuts, <laughs> and Jillian's <laughs> not allowed to eat cheesy watsits because apparently he was interference on the uh, the semi the quarterfinal. What a complaint! What a complaint! To turn the sound Crunch. off because of the crunching. Crunching, <laughs> nothing worse. Nothing worse. I, I, I must admit, I'm gonna. I'm always conscious of that even when I take a drink, I cover the microphone up. So. I, no, I've got to. I've got to agree with everybody listening there. Like that would do my head in. He was. He had right. his dried roasted nuts, mate, and he was munching away. He <laughs> live. Uh, did he have? He did he have his spreadsheet about how to open up his uh, bag of nuts and all? Great. <laughs> no, he, we must have gone. We must have gone through forty-three spreadsheets on that car. But we did have a wine incident as well before we go. Um, I said something and he spat his wine all over the monitor. I've got what you doing. But uh, no, the uh, PBA is going great, mate. Full marks to Jason. The, the the time we've said it before, everybody said it before. And Jackie and Jacqueline Anderson, great sponsoring the women's events. I was gutted because the, the semi final that we didn't record was Jacqueline. <laughs> Jacqueline, <laughs> Jacqueline was playing. So. Yeah, she did really well. And uh, like I say, I totally agree. And I, and I said it. I said it on social media recently as well. I mean, just thanking and praising everybody else, but uh, she's. Uh, which is unbelievable for this sport, and um, half of this stuff wouldn't even happen without the without the support that she's been given as far as uh, sponsorship and things like that. So full credit to, to Jackie and the Link to Succeed brand for what she brings. Well, after 15 hours of live streaming, here is that random question. Colin Banks, was that the name of the dad and Mary Poppins? I thought that's a bit of a raw question. Where did that come from? It's <laughs> the one remaining. What, what made you get come to there? Like? The one remaining brain cell I've got left work and the tracks have just come up with Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Where's he getting that from? I don't really want it now. I've got left tuppence. <laughs> Half a sixpence. <laughs> what a very random question that is. I mean, I got an answer. I bet you do with all these answers. Come on, folks. And the lad was right. We did get it answered. George Banks. Yeah. Oh, when you Jason it. Spoiler for You Jason it, darling. I had about 19 Mary Poppins puns coming up there. <coughs> <laughs> Just a spoonful of sugar would have got a that shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go fly a kite, Jessica. <laughs> I do birthdays, christenings, bar mitzvahs. <laughs> one now. The front one. See if we're my heel. Did I hear you say pharmacist? Parkinson's court were a link. <laughs> Just to confirm it's George Banks. I wish you would do one. <laughs> my patience is very thin. <laughs> I'm guessing the stream's okay, it's just the commentary that's crap now. <laughs> Surprised they haven't getting that one back. Plummet the new depths now. <laughs> the Disney hour folks, if you've turned on. Parkinson hadn't stolen any thunder. I was waiting for Colin to play a really good end. I was gonna say that was super colourful. <laughs> and he killed it. <laughs> killed it, he killed it. Scott Morland says one point for every Disney movie we can bring into the commentary. Challenge accepted. <laughs> And things just went downhill from there. Thankfully, it looks like the uh, the buffering sorted itself out because I do believe the screen was frozen at one <laughs> point. <laughs> one point of what? Great opening ball from Colin. <laughs> was yours? Was yours frozen too? 
<laughs> Two points to one. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Give it hundred and two people watching there, you want to see this game of balls on. You did the national, but he's was marker and fella and what have you. We live for 97 hours, bro. <laughs> Disney themes at this time of night. <laughs> well, I'm having fun. Not that I can't. Not that I can't. You'd be happy about that, I don't think you'd be grumpy or sleepy. Sure, Tommy. Oh, stop being bashful, man. <laughs> We'll be escorted out now. Just to leave the premises. How many drafts do we down there? See if I'll get the point for each. Right, mate, there we go. Show number 43, short and sweet. Just the two of us putting the world to rights as usual. And there's, before we go, there's one thing that I'd like to fetch up. I watched the, you might have seen it, the women's cricket, India against England the other day. And India did the old man kid. I saw that. Uh, man kid, which is uh, not illegal. Nothing no, nothing in the rules to say you can't do it. But sportsman-wise, I, I don't think it's very sporting. So, thinking about bowls-wise, what would be the equivalent, mate? Time-wasting would be the one that came to me. Well, you, you know, for a fact, time's running down. You're playing the clock and your opponent walks up the green, does the old feather stare around the head. Has a bit chat about, oh, well, I think I might play this. Oh, well, what do you think? What do you think? Oh, there's the buzzer going, right? Thanks very much. See you later. That that would be the probably the only one that I think of balls, mate. That's the equivalent or technically there's nothing stopping somebody stepping over the head and kicking a ball that's well, close to playing the shot that wants to be played and the ball's got to be replayed. <laughs> There's no punishment in place to turn around and say that that player has to be banned from the game or removed, just... or removed from the green. So technically, if something was coming close and they were going to try and kill the end, somebody walks over and kicks the ball. What's, I, I might be wrong. I don't know if there is a legal rule in place to say what would happen in that scenario. You'd be all stunned a bit, wouldn't you? Seems ball coming down, David Ball runs out, hoofs it off the park, and then he's off six weeks with a broken foot. <laughs> Uh, and it was uh, and it was against Farquhar, and then two minutes later, you just say you spark out on the green. <laughs> what day is it? What day is it? <laughs> anyway, mate, that's it. Show number forty-three over, done with. And we hope you enjoy it, folks. Short and sweet. Keep an eye out for some more live streaming coming up, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening, and hope you've enjoyed the show. This has been a dodgy production.